Hi, lovely lady. Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I am your host, Stephanie Clarice, and this is a short, encouraging podcast for moms who want to love God, love his holy word, and love their family. How does that sound? Are you ready to start your 500 Seconds to Joy? Then let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, friends. Stephanie with 500 Seconds to Joy here. And if you are a Catholic mom, You've heard of Danielle Bean, probably. So my guest today is Danielle Bean, and she is a author, speaker, just an encourager of moms everywhere. Truly, she is. And today we're talking about marriage, sacrifice in marriage. It's an exciting topic, (laughs) but it's so good. We had such a great conversation. I really enjoyed um, this conversation we had about truly a very serious topic, which is sacrifice in our marriage. This is really important, friends. It doesn't mean we can't have fun in our marriage, but we got to take this seriously. And I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir here because you're here because you want to take your marriage seriously and better your family life. And truly, your marriage is where it all starts. That's where God brought the two of you together and then your children are gifts from the Lord, but it all started with the two of you. So Danielle has written countless books. Her newest one is actually lovely. It's called Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. And actually all of her books are amazing. <laughs> I read her book, Momnipotent. Have you heard about that? And then Small Steps for Catholic Moms. And then today we are focusing on marriage. So her book that she wrote with her husband, Dan, is actually called Manual for Marriage. And this is a book to call us to something higher, the sacrament of marriage, this huge topic of marriage. And we're called to something greater than ourselves. We really are called to be like Christ in our marriage, in our home. And so Danielle has a lot of wisdom to share Um, I know I say that about a lot of my um, guests, but that's because she's further along in the journey and she truly does have wisdom to share. And the way she puts it is so approachable and just so wonderful. I know you're just going to love this conversation. And of course, we're starting with the meditation because I wouldn't be me without a meditation on scripture, right? We have to root ourselves in the truth of God's word And what does his word say about marriage? Well, a lot. And we're going to start in Genesis. So let's start with our meditation. And then let's hear from Danielle Bean. To learn more about her, get any of her books, go to daniellebean.com. That's D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E-B-E-A-N.com. That will be linked in the show notes. And she also has a podcast. It's called Girlfriends. You're going to love it. It's so good. Yeah, I really enjoy her podcast a lot. It's I'm a regular listener. So yes, I'm honored to have Danielle here on the podcast today. Let's start with our meditation on scripture, and then let's talk about marriage. We're meditating on Genesis today. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and verse 23 to 24. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. 
Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. I'm going to read this again. I want you to pick out a word or phrase that's meaningful to you and just think about it, chew on it throughout the rest of the day. This is a type of meditating called Lexio Divina, divine reading. We are allowing the divine to enter in and to inspire us. So before we listen again, I'm going to say, come Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter chapter 2, verse 18 and 23 to 24. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. What did the Holy Spirit bring to your mind today? What's in your heart? What what is God trying to say to you? Think about this word or verse, phrase that really is speaking to you today. And then ask the Lord why. And take this into the rest of your day. Now let's hear from the lovely Daniel Bean. Hey, Danielle, welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. You're so welcome. So we're talking about marriage. I have read your books. You know, you speak, you have a podcast, you're an author, and you talk about so many incredible things for Christian women and specifically Catholic women, Catholic moms. And so I just felt really led to have you talk about marriage. And I think the reason why is I was just reading manual for marriage that you wrote with your husband, Dan. Mm -hmm. And it's just this huge topic that I often feel kind of unqualified to talk about, to be honest, (laughs) because I've only been married almost seven years. So I feel like I just have so much to learn. And so let's dive into this topic. Um, You all, you know, tackle this big topic with a Catholic perspective. So let's focus Mm -hmm. on the role of sacrifice in marriage and how our family life at home is this beautiful way to grow in holiness. Um, Can you start with kind of giving us an overview of how you personally have been transformed in your own Catholic marriage? Because you have been married longer than myself and probably most (laughs) of the listeners. And I know you have wisdom to share. So we would love to learn from you. And, And how is this role of sacrifice taken on different meanings in these different seasons of your life? Yeah, I love that. I love that question. I love that theme when we're talking about marriage because I've been married 28 years now. Well, it'll be 28 years this July. And I find that 
that's one of the things that's kind of countercultural about our Catholic perspective on marriage. Like if you're, you know, yes. picking up, you know, Bride Magazine, for example, I've got a daughter who's getting married at the end of May this year. And so I'm very much in that <laughs> milieu where we're looking at different kinds of things for weddings and it's all, you know, fairy tale. it's all beautiful and it's fun to plan and all of that. But the part that our culture doesn't quite get, and it would be kind of like a, you know, a record, a scratch on the record if you're just like, oh, oh, we're talking about sacrifice. Like, what do you mean? Like, what does that have to do with marriage, right? Like our culture doesn't quite sell it in that way. And yet it is exactly what our Catholic faith teaches us marriage is all about. If you're married, then your number one job is to get your spouse to heaven and their job is to get you to heaven. And I think it's so important for us to remember that, exactly that. Like that's our goal. Nobody's promising you it's going to be amazing the entire time. Nobody's even promising you that your spouse is going to make you happy. And I Mm. think that's such a difficult thing for us to remember. Um, And it's also a difficult thing for us to wrap our brains around because we want to think, oh, I'm going to find someone who makes me happy, just like our culture tells us. And and I'm not saying that Dan doesn't make me happy. Of course he does Um, in lots of ways, in lots of days. But every marriage goes through hard seasons. Every marriage has times when that other person is really possibly your greatest source of pain and and suffering, learning to share your life physically, spiritually, emotionally with this other person is a really challenging thing for any human being to do. So there's always going to be sacrifice that's involved there. And for me personally, um, I, you know, you say you've only been married seven years, so you don't have much wisdom to share, but I think you probably do because those are some of the hardest years, those early years. That's true. Um, Seven year itch. I think people talk about. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And you've already got three little kids. And so, um, you know, you're, you're understanding that, that part of the sacrifice equation with your, your little guys. But, um, for me, like we, you know, we got pregnant on our honeymoon, which wasn't our plan. Wasn't my plan. I was so naive and, you know, just like, yeah. And, and it wasn't, it, of course it was God's plan. And I can see that now, Mm -hmm. but at the moment it was like a very, at the very start of our marriage, this very difficult understanding of, Oh, this isn't about me. This isn't about what my plans are. And, um, you know, and it's going to involve a significant level of, of sacrifice, which, you know, was a very difficult pregnancy in the early months where I was really sick and debilitated. Um, so recognizing that I think, and, and the fact that we kind of were, we were married very young and, um, we kind of grew up together in that, I think was a real blessing. So I always tell people, if you, if you meet the right person when you're young, please get married when you're young. Like, don't wait, don't wait to, until you can buy a house or you're established in your career or blah, blah, blah. Like if you've met the right person, there's no reason to not get married when you're young. Cause I think um, there's so much blessings that I've personally experienced from having done that myself, that Dan and I have kind of grown up together. But then, you know, I think I've come to a different, at every stage of, of kind of family life and in our marriage, I, I come to a different understanding of, of sacrifice. And, and like I said, it's been very much a growing up process. I'm not there yet. I'm still growing up. Um, but I can look <laughs> back and see some of the ways that I've, I've matured or some of the ways that my understanding of sacrifice has grown through the years that, um, you know, it's it's one thing to say sacrifice when you're very sick and you're pregnant with your first baby. Um, another thing to sacrifice during times of maybe um, financial stress or health worries, or as your family grows, or if you're going through a move, all of these different stressors that are just part of life, um, that when you're sharing them with another person, I think putting that other person first is ultimately 
what we're called to do in our marriages. And it's something I'm, I'm very much learning, very much always just um, trying to practice. So you practice it first and foremost in your marriage, and then it become, your motherhood becomes a natural extension of that, looking to serve others. And, and you know, I've, I've kind of grown in my understanding of that as I've gotten older, as I've had more experience, but I really have come to see that as a very beautiful way that each of us is individually called to um, be, to, to model Christ, to allow Christ to love and serve the people in our lives through us, through our, our hearts, through our hands, through our, our voices, through the work that we do and the ways that we love and nurture the people that he places in our lives. So good. And I think this idea of sacrificing in your marriage in all the different seasons, mm -hmm. like it, it's not like it gets easier, right? Like you're, no. you're not going to tell us that, <laughs> you're, you know, you're 20, almost 28 years married. You're not going to tell us it gets easier, are you? <laughs> in some ways it does though. Let me just say that. In some okay, ways, that's uh, you know, nice. I can, no, because there there comes a certain point, I think it's a natural part of any long-term relationship that you're in, especially in a marriage and something as intimate as marriage, um, that some things do get easier. Like some of the things, like the, the crazy arguments that we would have, like out of just complete immaturity or a lack of understanding of what we were called to do or, or just selfishness that hadn't kind of been worked out of our relationship yet. I think, mm -hmm. you know, we've kind of gotten past some of those things. I can look back and just roll my eyes about, oh my goodness, like that was... <laughs> so dumb that we used to ever argue about that or that I used to argue in that way or I used to hold these kinds of resentments. And um, so I can look back and see, yes, yeah, some things have definitely gotten easier. But in some ways, also, like we we just have kind of gotten um, to know each other so much better. And, you know, you think when you get married, like, you know, this person so well, like you stayed up all night on the phone talking and whatever. I um, mean, of course you do, but you don't really know somebody until you're, you're living with them and sharing your life with them in the way that we're called to do in marriage. And I find there's so many blessings that come from that. What a joy it is to know somebody else in, in the, with that level of intimacy and to be known with that level of intimacy. It's what we're built for. It's what mm -hmm. we're creative for. And in some ways that knowing it, it can, it can be a real source of pain, especially if the other person hurts you or if you feel betrayed in any way, but it's also a real source of joy and blessing. And it does smooth out some of those things because now we can understand each other a little bit more. Some of those ways that we might have, you know, kind of rubbed up against each other's rough edges are, are no longer rough edges. And we can laugh about them or we can smile about them or we can, you know, have one little um, one little word or a, a sentence that can remind the other person. Yeah. You remember, like we already talked about this and we've already argued about this and let's just laugh about it because we're never going to quite see that thing in exactly the same way. Um, and you and you come to understand what a gift it is to have such an, a, a different perspective in your, in your face, in your life, in your bed, in your bathroom, you know, <laughs> day yes. in and day out, that, that there's the real challenges that come with that, but also a, a real call to joy and a real call to discipleship. Yeah. And just being Jesus in, in your own home. I mean, mm -hmm. I think for me, I feel like, okay, I can be Jesus for my kids. <laughs> like that makes more sense to me. And then with my husband, I'm like, but that's harder. Do, I, do you mm -hmm. feel that way ever? I feel like oh, moms, sure. other moms have said that too. Like, let me just be really vulnerable here and say that sacrificing for my kids, I feel like, okay, yeah, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I homeschool. I do this all day. Yes, I'm on board. And then at the end of the day, when my husband gets home, it's like, oh, I don't feel like making your lunch for tomorrow. And actually in your book, you talk about that. And <laughs> that hit me right between the eyes. I was thinking, wow, okay. 
I really needed to hear that because it's not that big of a sacrifice, mm-hmm. but it is a sacrifice of time and energy that sure. I feel like as a mom of little ones, I'm sacrificing for them all day. I'm like, I think I, I met my sacrifice quota for the day. <laughs> and you know what? That's legitimate to some extent. I understand right? that. And, and I, I also, I can, I can sympathize with the idea that sometimes it's like, well, you're a grown up. Like, you know, right? I can, I can give to these little kids and make their peanut butter and jellies, but you know, you can make your own sandwich, you know? Um, and, and yet I, I find that it's in that kind of seeking to, to give to the other person all the time that of course it's, it's in a happy, healthy marriage, it's reciprocated, right? It's not just a one-way street. And yes. um, so we need to understand that. But if you're ever tempted to feel like it's a one-way street, um, I, I really, I, I like to give every every wife and mom a reality check with that because, you know, we definitely, I mean, if there are real imbalances or things that are really, you know, hurting you in your relationship, for sure, it's legitimate to talk about that, to address it um, in, in healthy ways. But what I'm talking about here is these kinds of little resentments that we can let build up, like I'm always the one, I'm always the one, or he's never the one, or, you know, these kinds of ways of thinking that I really think are a a source of temptation from the enemy. And we need to be Mm -hmm. wary of that. We need to be careful of that because every, it's just part of the human experience that we really notice, (laughs) overemphasize our own contributions, and that we tend to take for granted the contributions of others or, or belittle just how much time and effort it takes to do X, Y, or Z that, you know, that your husband is probably doing on a regular basis, whether it's getting up and going to work or paying the health insurance premiums or, you know, um, you know, managing your, your bank accounts or taking out the trash or, you know, fill in the blank with whatever it is that you're kind of tempted to take for granted, right? Like, (laughs) and and why do we discount that? Well, that's, I mean, that's just human nature, right? We really notice the stuff we're doing and we tend to take for granted the things that other people are doing. So I just like to give everybody a reality check with regard to that. Like, don't, don't fall prey to that, that idea of kind of keeping score. I mean, they're, they're right through the gospels. You're going to see nothing in there about counting the costs and keeping score. Right. And, and making True. sure it all comes out even. Right. And sometimes mm-hmm. we kind of get, especially in this modern era, we get kind of hyper-focused on, I want to make sure I'm not being taken advantage of and um, you know, that kind of thing. But that's, that honestly is just the the language of selfishness and our, our culture will encourage it for sure. Um, and there's plenty of parts of our, our secular culture that will really, you know, emphasize that kind of conflict between the sexes, but there's nothing more destructive to your marriage than that. I mean, and, and who wants to be married to somebody who's just kind of totaling things up all the time and trying to make sure they're not being taken advantage of. You're supposed to be in a loving relationship with this person. So I think that, you know, sometimes even in our, in our culture, it's it's a little bit looked down upon or laughed at the idea that a woman would ever serve her husband or, or do good things for her husband or, or look to make his life easier in any way. And I think that's so beyond ridiculous because our culture, of course, celebrates men doing those things for women and demands right. it in many ways. Right. And, yep. and yet, so outside of that, we should just be looking at this like, why wouldn't I love and seek to serve and care for and nurture and do little loving things for this person that I've given my life to, that I've professed to love until the end of my days, this person who's not only my husband, but the father of my children and who also serves me in many of these different ways. Like, why wouldn't I do that? Like, so I really want to challenge people to think carefully about the kinds of thoughts you allow to kind of run through your head because especially as a stay-at-home mom I know the temptation there's no grown-up there for you to talk to so you've got these these kinds of this narrative running through your head and just you know do a reality check every once in a while like pay attention to what 
what voices you're allowing yourself to listen to. That's such good advice, Danielle. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about how just being really vulnerable here and saying, hey, I struggle with this. I bet a lot of the Mm -hmm. listeners do, you know, counting the cost and adding things up. And I feel like a lot of us, if we are honest, count what we're doing versus what our partner's doing. And to be honest, though, my husband does so much and sacrifices so much for me. And when I read that in your book about, you know, making the lunch for the next day, it's something Mm -hmm. I really don't like to do. And so it is a big sacrifice, even though it's a small thing. It doesn't even take Mm -hmm. more than five minutes, right? Right. But what's interesting is reading that just inspired me to talk with him, just have a conversation with him and actually ask him, do you want me to do this for you? Is this Mm -hmm. important? Um, And actually, he said he didn't mind making his own lunch. He really liked when I made a salad for him. Um, And so I thought, oh. I actually don't mind making the salad and he doesn't mind making his lunch. So great. So sometimes you might be surprised when you have (laughs) a talk with your husband and realize, oh, this thing that I thought, oh, I have to do this to sacrifice Mm -hmm. for him. And this is really hard. And like, you're talking about those words we think in our head, I have to Mm -hmm. be very careful of those words because yes, I'm alone all day thinking in my head with little kids around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bet moms listening feel that way too. So sure. I don't know, something practical that I realized I could do is just talk with my husband, yeah. <laughs> ask him what, what helped him and how I could support him. Sometimes we don't even realize it might be super simple. Like right. just, I don't know, doing the dishes after dinner or, you know, maybe it is making his lunch or making a salad. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's very simple and, and those little sacrifices go a long way. I mean, I know when he sacrifices for me in little ways, I feel more loved. So yeah. I bet he feels the same. Um, exactly. so yeah, I love I everything love that you're story. sharing. <laughs> I love that story. Cause that really does illustrate a really important point of, of communicating about these things and, um, being clear, like, what are, what are your needs? How can I support you? What, what matters to you and what doesn't matter to you? You know, I have a good girlfriend mm-hmm. who once told me she, she told her husband once, um, you know, every day I can either, you know, make an, a nice dinner or I can homeschool the kids or I can keep the house clean. Like, and like she, I, actually, I think she told him to pick two out of the that. three. She thought she could do two out of the three, um, which is pretty ambitious, actually. That is actually. <laughs> Depending on the ages of your kids. Um, but, you know, just saying that, like, help, help to prioritize things and be reasonable about your own limitations for sure. I'm not telling women you have to be just constantly, you know, just giving until you're so depleted and burnt out that you're kind of um, resentful of your family. So don't, don't get to that point for sure be talking about it because I know I have over the years done things that um, I made a habit of doing things that were hard for me to do, hard for me to keep up, you know, having certain standards and nobody cared about them, but me, you know, yeah. and, and it's, it's so okay. True. It's okay to do some things if you're the only person who cares about them, but you know, be honest with yourself about that. Not like, Oh, my family's making me iron the curtains. No, I, I want to, not that I do. That's a bar- terrible example for me because I would never <laughs> iron curtains. I would but, never you know, do that either. <laughs> but some people do. My own mother does. Yes, um, but that's you know, amazing. so that sort of thing, like, just be honest with yourself. Like, this is something I'm doing for me and I could cross it off my list if I wanted to. Um, other things, or, you know, just ask your husband maybe what, what, 
what you could prioritize. And maybe he really doesn't mind if there are, you know, kids' toys all over the floor, but he he really would would like it if you put some effort into making a dinner each night or, you know, whatever it is, whatever your balance of your different work is in your home and outside of the home, just being honest about that and what your limitations are. Um, but just, you know, being very careful not to fall prey to that kind of selfish, negative, resentful thinking that, you know, that is just completely destructive to your relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much of it goes on in our mind too. And mm -hmm. I, I've worked with life coaches and so much of that mindset is, you know, changing the thoughts you think, and it actually changes everything. Yes. You know, maybe your circumstance doesn't change, right? Maybe right. your husband doesn't do X, right? But you've decided to change your mindset to look at what he do does do and how he right. does sacrifice for you. And when you think about that, it makes you more likely to want to sacrifice for him. It's mm -hmm. kind of incredible and powerful the way God has created our minds. Exactly. Um, and so how can, you know, you have a number of children and you're mm -hmm. further along in this. And so moms of little ones, we kind of talked about this, you know, they feel like they sacrifice all day long. I know right. I feel that way. Mm -hmm. And so how can they change their perspective, kind of talking about this mindset piece and the thoughts that we're thinking throughout the day. How can we change this perspective when it comes to sacrificing for our husband? Most of our husbands, you know, we have that interaction with them at the end of the day sure. and it's, you know, probably a long day and we're tired and let's just encourage, I need the encouragement. Let's <laughs> encourage all the moms listening, you know, how to really prioritize their marriage at the end of right. a long day. Yeah. I mean, there's some days where that's just not going to be a reasonable thing. You know, <laughs> you're just not going to be able to have a date night, you know, on certain days. And, and I think recognizing that is important. But again, the communication is so important. Like, because I know when I look at back at our marriage, um, when all of our kids were little, we really were very good about keeping a Thursday night date night. And that didn't mean we were going out. In fact, mo more often than not, we were not even leaving our house. And we would, but it was time set aside where, Either we would get takeout or something easy for dinner that would be fun, open a bottle of wine. The kids were either occupied watching a movie or, you know, whatever. It became part of our routine. And we really were very good about um, keeping that habit in our marriage. And, you know, we would work around it. Like, and I think that was really important. So, you know, at, as a minimum, I would say find a way to make some time set aside like that. Maybe it's going to be like Saturday morning breakfast for you, or um, maybe it is going to be a, a every, you know, a certain weeknight where you're able to kind of have devoted time like that. Um, but then also just communicate with your husband about the ways in which um, you could be supported in making your marriage a priority at the end of a long and busy day. Like I, I think back and I remember like when all the kids were little, I was just, you know, perpetually exhausted. We both were. And um, there were times when Dan would be like, you know, I really just wanted to, you know, spend some time with you this evening or if it was on a weekend or something. And he would make this effort to to either take off, you know, take on some of the things that I was doing, whether it was making dinner or it was, you know, caring for, for the babies. I remember distinctly multiple times where he would be in the, like one afternoon would be like, go, go take a nap and I'll handle this for a couple of hours because I really want you to be awake and we can have some time together this evening. And um, that really, really was just it, a beautiful balance of the different kinds of responsibilities that we had that worked out to, so that we, you know, we both were, were, 
we're getting what we wanted in the end, which was this mutual time together. So being honest with your husband about not being demanding and saying, well, I'll only spend time with you or if you do X, Y, or Z that, you know, be careful how you approach it, but say, this would really help. Um, you know, I'm, I'm exhausted. If, if you could somehow, you know, manage to, you know, take, take on some childcare or take on dinner duty or whatever it is that's occupying you at the end of the day so that I could have some rest time, that would really make a big difference. And, you know, I, I think that as human beings, we just readily respond to that kind of thing. If someone's lovingly approaching you saying, I really want to be there for you. I really want to have time and attention for you. And this would, this would help. Um, you know, I think that we naturally respond to that kind of thing. So practical and, and so good. Actually, I feel like I've done that. And then lately life has gotten so busy that I'm like, wait a minute, we have not <laughs> been doing that. Well, we kind of mm -hmm. decided, okay, we can't really get, um, childcare every week. Um, we can maybe right. do it once a month, but every mm -hmm. week we do need to connect. You're so right. And it's so practical and we can find a way to get creative and sort of our creative thing was, okay, on Saturday morning, we're going to have a little coffee date at home and we're going to put the baby down for her nap. And then the two bigger kids, you know, need to go do their quiet time in the playroom. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's really fun. And to say to the kids, Oh, mom and dad are, you know, having their coffee date now. And they think it's really cute. And we told them they could have their own date together if they wanted. And <laughs> I don't know, just getting creative and, and showing our kids that it's a priority. I feel like that's something big too. I mean, we're modeling. Mm -hmm how Absolutely. to be in a marriage. So if, if our children are called to marriage, they see this model and hopefully it sticks with them that this is what married people do. This is how yeah. you show love in a marriage. So I love Absolutely. that advice. I love yeah. It. And our kids definitely were, were in on it. Like they, they loved it. They looked forward to Thursday nights because, because we, you know, let them have something fun for dinner, like SpaghettiOs or um, they could watch a movie or that kind of thing. And then as the kids got older, the older ones were very good about kind of corralling the younger ones. And they very much respected that time as time that when, when we were going to be spending time alone. And I think they looked forward to it in a lot of ways. And like you said, it's a great example to set of prioritizing your marriage. So beautiful. And can you just encourage us just end with just encouragement about the beauty of family life? Because I feel like you're so good at that, Danielle, and just the beauty of living this full family life and, mm -hmm. you know, looking to God as, you know, this is, we're trying to get to you, God, we're trying to get to heaven. And, right. you know, if we're married with children, that's how he's chosen to help us get there. So can mm -hmm. you just encourage all of us with just this beauty of family life, as hard as it is to be married, as hard as it is to have little yeah. kids, there is so much beauty in it. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely a really important point to make because, you know, we can get caught up in just how hard it is. And sometimes of our lives are going to be much harder than others. So there might be someone who's listening, who's going through a very difficult, um, you know, phase of family life right now. And it's hard to see the beauty of it in, in times like that. So recognizing first and foremost, that that's part of the experience. That is part of it. You know, um, I, one, one analogy I like to share is how, um, years ago I had a friend who I was talking to about, I, I like to run as a way to kind of keep fit and keep active. And she was talking to me about it and she's like, I really want to make running a regular part of my, you know, what I do, but I just get so out of breath. And I like laughed, like, what? That's, that's part that's of the funny. experience. Like, yes. what are you talking about? Like, that doesn't <laughs> mean you can't run. Um, but that really stuck with me because that's how we approach things, especially hard things that we're called to sometimes like, oh no, that can't be for me. I just get so out of breath, you know, like, so if you're getting out of breath in your marriage, if you're getting out of breath in your family life, like 
know that that is part of it. It is built in. That is part of it. There are going to be sometimes when it's very hard. There are going to be sometimes when if you actually believed in that kind of thing, you would walk away because any sane person would, right? And so recognize that. And um, But that's part of the beauty of it too, is that that calling to get past those times, to go deeper in our love for one another, go deeper in our commitment to marriage. There are going to be times in your marriage when you are more committed to the vow that you made than to that person who's sitting across you know, from you at the dinner table. And that is part of the experience of it, is part of how God is sanctifying you in your vocation to marriage and family life. And, and I always find it encouraging to remember that you know, we all mess up. We all mess up in big ways and small ways, especially throughout our family lives. If you need to get yourself to confession, you know, and 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 renew your commitment to one another and, you know, start right where you are, because sometimes we look at the mess we're in and the ways that we're struggling and we get discouraged. But it's it's helpful to remember that God is always calling us into deeper relationship with him. He's always calling on us to grow closer to him through the ways that he's calling on us to love and sacrifice for the people that he places in our lives. So if you've messed it up, you know, take care of that in confession if you need to. But know that there's always another opportunity right, right around the corner, another opportunity to answer that call to say yes again to that vocation to married love. Beautiful. Thank you, Danielle. Can we close with a prayer for all of the marriages and all the babies? <laughs> um, just a prayer over everyone listening, protection yeah, for their marriage and their family life. Absolutely. Yeah. Dear Lord, we ask you to bless every person listening. We ask you to give them the particular grace that they need, especially inside of their marriages right now. For anyone who's going through a hard time in their marriage, Lord, strengthen them, encourage them. Our Mama Mary, please give them the grace that they need to follow God's will, to give more of themselves, to recommit themselves to that hard lifetime commitment of married love. Mother Mary, guide all of us mothers and wives in our vocations to marriage and family life. And Lord Jesus, please strengthen us for all the ways, all the challenges that lie ahead for every one of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Mom's podcast. Thanks for listening to Mom's podcast. Thanks for listening today, friend. I'm so grateful to have you here as part of the 500 Seconds to Joy community. And if you love what you heard here, please share it with a friend. Let's build up the body of Christ and spread joy and love to more Christian families just like you. Until next time, I am so grateful to have you here and I am praying for you and your family. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye for now.